You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Well, it's good to see you guys today. I'm excited to be here at our downtown campus. And before I get into my message, I just want to uh, speak a word of appreciation to you guys. Uh, you may not know this, but in 2008, this city church was planted, and the desire was to create a church that was grace-infused, that would become integrated into the community of downtown San Antonio. And then this last year, you guys purchased the historic Cameo Theater and revived it over this year, and uh, you've made it into a beautiful structure, and uh, you know, it's about 100 years old, and I think people in San Antonio for the next 100 years are going to be grateful and celebrating what you guys did to restore this great historic theater. And so I just want to express my gratitude to Pastor Doug, to his staff, and to you. Because you are the church. You're the people who are bright lights here in the heart of the city that we all love. And I know that Doug has a passion to, leave a, to lead a movement that would revive the city. And while reviving buildings like the Cameo Theater make our city more beautiful, reviving people is what will make our city great. And for the next two weeks, I want to talk with you about how God revives people. Now, a little over a couple of years ago, I found myself in need of reviving. I got to a place in my spiritual journey where I just, I wasn't hearing anything from God. And uh, I felt disconnected. You know, usually I hear from God as a leader of the church, like what, what direction to take the church, and then hear from God in my own personal life about issues to deal with. And it's like the, the lines of communication were broken. And so I set aside a Monday to pray and fast. And I prayed and fasted all day. And I was just seeking God. I was saying, God, man, just give me a bone. You know, throw me anything. Say something to me. Now, l- let me say when I, when I speak about God speaking to me, when I talk about God speaking to me, you know, for those of you who may be new to church, you're still trying to figure out God and Jesus and all that stuff. What I don't mean is God speaking audibly to me. I've not personally ever had God speak to me out loud. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Maybe God has spoken to you that way. But that's not what I'm talking about. Normally when God speaks to me, it's I get a word or I get a thought or I get a scripture that just leaps out of the pages and it just, my heart gets stirred and I have a sense that it's from God. And normally I get some kind of confirmation about the word, either through a person or through some circumstance or through the scriptures that's just, it's too obvious to be coincidental. So that day after I prayed and fasted, went to, to sleep that night, hadn't heard from God, and then 3.30 in the morning, I was awakened because I had a dream, and in this dream, I saw a word. And the word I saw, it was so unusual, it was so vivid, I, I sensed that it meant something because the word I saw was spelled in light bulbs, you know, like a, a Broadway show marquee. And the word I saw was this. It was one word, revive, revive. And so I mulled that word over for a few minutes and and went back to sleep. And I just wondered, was God saying something to me? Well, the next morning, uh, my habit is to have my breakfast, and then I read a portion of Scripture. I meditate on the Scripture, and then I pray. And it just so happened that the next morning, I began reading in the Old Testament prophetic book called Isaiah. 
And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 27, the prophet wrote these words. Jerusalem will be restored with justice. The repentant will be revived by righteousness. And there was that word again. Revive them. So now I'm like, okay, God, you don't have to hit me over the head with a hammer. I get it. You're saying something to me about revive. And so I just meditated on that word over and over and just asked God to revive me. We all come to places in our spiritual journeys where we can stand in need of reviving. Sometimes we can get tired, stagnant, empty, depressed, find ourselves feeling hopeless desperately needing reviving. Some of you are here today because you have a hunger in your soul. You know your life could be better. You sense it. You feel it. And so you're looking to be revived. We want to be revived in our relationship with God. We want to be revived in our relationships with each other. And we want to be revived in our vision for life. And so today I want us to unpack this promise given by the prophet Isaiah about how God revives people so that you can experience reviving. So let's just start with that word, revive. Now, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. And the Hebrew word translated revive here literally means to recover or to renew life. So God is speaking to us about how he brings recovery and renewal into our lives. And that week when I got the word, I, I, I got a picture of what I think God's wanting to do in our lives. So I went to have lunch with my sister, my sister Brenda, and she lives in Fair Oaks Ranch just south of Bernie. And, and when you live out there, you have a lot of critters, you know. So anyway, I went out to have lunch with my sister, and she has this golden lab named Jeep. And she told me that Jeep had been acting really strange that week. And I said, well, what happened? She said, well, Jeep kept laying on his pallet, and he had his paws crossed like this, and he had his head down and was sort of looking up like he did something wrong. And I said, well, what does he normally do? She said, well, normally when I'm walking around the house, he's following me around, but he kept just sitting there looking up. And so finally, she told me she walked over to Jeep and pulled his paws back, and there was a little bunny that had been smothered. And I, I said, Brenda, you know he was going to have that bunny for dessert later, right? <laughs> well, anyway, Brenda picked up the smothered bunny, and it wasn't moving, and she thought, oh, no. But then she began to cuddle it. And as she began to cuddle it, it began to move. And then she told me she got, like, eyedropper and got some water and gave that bunny water, and it revived. And the next morning, she set that bunny free, and it found its mother again. And that's what God is wanting to do in your life. Sometimes we experience painful circumstances or even abuse in life. And we can find ourselves feeling smothered in need of renewal and revival. And God promises to restore us. He does promise to lift us up and revive us when we face painful life situations. But Sometimes, sometimes the desperation of our circumstances or the pain we feel is due to our own decisions. Sometimes when we choose to go our own way instead of following God's ways, we experience the consequences of those decisions. And that is what was happening 
uh, in the book of Isaiah, the people to whom Isaiah was writing, the Israelite people, they were going their own ways and they were not following God's ways. And so that's why the prophet said it's the repentant that will be revived. And isn't that a good word? I'm so grateful it's not the perfect who get revived. Because none of us are perfect, right? Come on. Okay. It's the repentant who will be revived. So what does it mean to repent? I mean, those of us who grew up in the church, that's sort of a churchy word, but it's actually not a churchy word. It was just a very common word. It literally means a turning due to a change of mind. A turning due to a change of mind. And like I said, it's not a religious word. You can change your mind about all kinds of things. Like, for, for example, if you're an L.A. Laker fan, you can repent of that. You can turn and change your mind. And I think you should today. And you turn from something like the Lakers, and you turn to a team like the Spurs. And that'll revive your life, baby. You repent, right? Or like a few years ago, my daughter Anna decided she wanted to be a vegetarian. And so she turned from eating meat to eating vegetables. But after a year or so, she repented of that. <laughs> I think it was the whole giving up bacon thing, you know? I mean, that's just a bad decision. Anyway, Isaiah tells us that the repentant will be revived when they turn from something to something. So what did the people in Isaiah's day need to turn from? Well, if you look at the, the first part of the chapter, you see it. He challenged the people for worshiping idols. He challenged them for neglecting the poor and the oppressed. He confronted their lust, their arrogance, their lying, and their stealing. In other words, Isaiah challenged the people to admit their sins and to turn from their sins, their wrongdoing. That is what we turn from. And here's what happens when you, when you go down that path and you choose to sin, then guess what you feel? You feel the burden that comes with sin, which is the weight of guilt. And the weight of guilt, it smothers you. Like Jeep was smothering that bunny. And God wants to set you free. He wants to restore you. He wants to revive you. But you've got to repent. You have to turn from going down the wrong way. The repentant turned from something, and then they turned to something. So let's go through the verse again. The repentant will be revived by righteousness. In other words, when you do the right thing, when you turn from the wrong thing, and you do the right thing, God will step in and revive your heart. Repentance is a turning that revives. And I have personally witnessed a people who experienced this kind of reviving. Back in the 1980s when I began my ministry, I uh, served persecuted Christians in the East Communist nation of Romania. And during those days, they faced great persecution. They lived under oppressive poverty, but they experienced revive. Let me tell you what happened. It all began in this certain church that was in a region of Romania that was lush, and they, they had very uh, great vineyards. And almost all of the people in that area had vineyards. And so uh, the pastor told me that he and some of the church leaders, they all had vineyards, and they had a Sunday night service, and they would gather on Sunday afternoon, and they would each one bring some wine from their vineyards. And they would share their wines and, you know, taste each other's wines. But over time, 
they brought more and more wine, and they drank more and more wine to the point where they, they started showing up to their Sunday evening services buzzed. And that pastor, he got a word. Like the word revived that I saw, he got a word, and he became convicted that it was wrong to numb himself with booze. And that it was certainly wrong to show up and try to lead a service when he was intoxicated. And so you know what he did? He turned. He repented and confessed his sin. And he challenged those church leaders to turn, and they turned. And then together they challenged their people to turn, and their people turned. And when the people turned, God revived. Now, reviving didn't mean the absence of problems. Those people still faced many trials in life. And reviving didn't mean that they all of a sudden became wealthy. They did not. These people struggled with many challenges financially, but reviving did give them a renewed sense of God's presence and power in their lives. Those people experienced God's presence and power and saw miracles in their lives. And they lived with a sense of peace and joy that was unrelated to their circumstances. They were overcomers in life. And that's what happened when God revives. But it all began when they turned. What do you need to turn from so God can revive your heart? What do you need to turn from? I'm asking God to speak to you a word, just like the word he spoke to me a few years ago. Maybe right now he's showing you a word, or maybe it's a person. It's a a relationship you know is wrong. Or maybe there's something going on. There's a habit or an act that he wants you to stop. Or maybe there's toxic emotions that you're hanging on to, bitterness and resentment that is poisoning your soul and filling you with anger. Or maybe God is speaking to you about lust or greed or pride. What is God calling you to turn from? If you will turn, He will revive. Repentance is a turning that revives, and a revived life, it's a better life. It's a more vivid life. It's a brilliant life. Now, a few years ago, my wife Barbara won a week-long trip to Italy. And on our first day in Rome, we set up a tour of the spectacular Sistine Chapel. Located in Vatican City, this Renaissance-era chapel contains the amazing ceiling and wall frescoes of Michelangelo. The world-renowned artist painted this grand vision, get this, while lying on his back on scaffolding from 1508 to 1512. But over 500 years of priests, you know, lighting the room with candles, all of the frescoes became coated with melted wax and soot. Layer upon layer of grime covered up this beautiful, brilliant masterpiece. And so... By that point, nobody even knew what Michelangelo's vision looked like anymore. And so in 1980, the Vatican commissioned the restoration or the revival of the Sistine Chapel. And 14 years later, Pope John Paul II unveiled this revived chapel, and what the people saw amazed them. The masterpiece became bright and sharp. Colors became vivid and complex. Features became clear and amazingly precise. When revived, the masterpiece beneath the dirt and the grime, it shined like never before. 
you are a masterpiece. According to the Scriptures, you are a masterpiece. You have been created in God's image. Do you believe that? Would you, would you say that as an affirmation with me? I am a masterpiece. Let's say it together. Are you ready? I am a masterpiece. You were created to live a brilliant life, a bright life, a vivid life. But when we tolerate sin in our lives, it covers us up like the melted wax and the soot covered up those beautiful paintings. Layer upon layer of dirt and grime covers us up, smothers us, and weighs us down. But here's the good news. God wants to remove it all. He wants to restore the vividness to your life. He wants to revive your life. And he's saying, I'm waiting to do it. All you have to do is turn. Turn to me, and I will remove it from your life. Now, when I prepared for this series, I asked one of my spiritual mentors to give me some advice and, and insight into how people experience revive. Uh, Sammy Tippett has been one of my spiritual mentors since I was in college. When I went to UTSA, any Roadrunner fans out there, uh, he was my pastor. And, uh, and since those days, we've been friends, and he's been my mentor. And uh, I always like talking to him about things like this because he did not grow up in the church, did not have any religious background, so he sort of remembers, you know, like what it's like to not have a connection with God in your life. And so I always find that he gives me a fresh perspective. And so, I, you know, he, uh, after he was in the pastorate, he's been traveling around the world speaking about Jesus in some of the most challenging places in the world, like Eastern Europe, Rwanda, the Sudan, Egypt, Pakistan, and India. And he has personally seen God revive many people. And so I told him I was going to be talking to you guys about revive. And I said, hey, Sammy, okay, when I talk to these people about revive, what's the, what's the key to experiencing revive? What have you seen and noticed in all of your experiences around the world? And this is what he told me. He said, it's important that we seek God with humility. God revives people who humble themselves. When we humble ourselves, we admit we need God's help. But when we seek him, we must give him access to every area of our lives. Your heart is like a house, and you let God into your house through faith. But sometimes we have things in closets we don't want God to see. You've got to open up the closets and allow God access to them. Let God search your heart and clean out the closets. When he cleanses you, that revives you. So what closets do you have in your heart? What have you been hiding from God and holding on to? Today I'm asking you to open up those doors and let God in and He will cleanse you. And when He cleanses you, that's how He revives you. So what do you need to turn from today? Maybe it's some issue some struggle with sex maybe you're in a relationship you know is wrong and you need to turn or maybe you're pursuing porn or going to strip clubs to feed your lust and you know that that is bringing you down it's smothering your life and today I'm asking you to turn maybe it's some some struggle with money maybe you, you buy what you don't need with money you don't have and you end up in mega debt 
and you know it doesn't make your life better. Maybe you're neglecting Christ's church with your money, or maybe you're neglecting the poor among us. I'm asking you to turn from your greed and to trust God with that closet in your life. Maybe there's some risk that God wants you to take. I'm asking you to turn and to trust Him. Maybe there's some person who has hurt you and you're holding on to bitterness and resentment. I'm asking you to open up that closet and to forgive the person who has wronged you and let God just cleanse you and take that poison out of your life. If you will turn, I promise you God will revive. And let me tell you how I know that. Because reviving begins with me. When I first saw that word in my dream and read that that word in the scripture, I knew God was convicting me because I, I was doing the wrong thing. I had an area of my life, I had a closet where I was doing the wrong thing, I knew it. God had been speaking to me about it. He had been convicting me about it, but I wasn't listening. And you know what I found? When God speaks to you and he speaks to you and you don't listen, sometimes he becomes silent. And that's what had happened in my life. I didn't like it. And so I humbled myself. And I I promised the Lord, I said, Lord, I turn. I turn from this wrong thing. And I, I ask you to cleanse my heart and to revive my heart. And I did my part by turning. And he has done his part by reviving my soul. And so I want to ask you to do the same. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to ask if you would close your eyes so we can honor everybody's privacy in this building. And if if you know there's an area in your life where you need to turn, where you need to pray a prayer of repentance, I want you just to slip up your hand. And I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. Slip up your hand. Yes, okay, I see your hands. All right, I see them here. Any in the upper balcony? Yeah, okay, I see your hands. Okay, you can put your hands down now. Lord God, by lifting up our hands, we are admitting, we are humbling ourselves in your presence and admitting we need your help to experience reviving in our lives. And we're recognizing that we need to turn. We need to open up every closet in our lives. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to whisper this prayer. I'll lead you through it. But you whisper it out loud. God, I know you love me. And I know you want to revive my life. But there's an area where I need to turn. There's a closet in my life. And today I open up that closet. And I turn. And I want you just to say, Lord, I turn from. What are you turning from? Name it. Name name whatever the the wrong act. Maybe, Maybe it's a person. Whatever it is, say, Lord, today I turn from. And Lord God, as we turn, I pray that you would do your part as we open up the closets of our hearts and we welcome you in. I ask you to do your part. I ask you to come in and to cleanse us. I ask you to remove the layers of soot and wax and grime. I ask you to remove that which is smothering our lives. And instead, I ask you to fill us with your spirit. And I ask you to give us a renewed sense of joy and peace. I ask that you would cause us to be bright lights in our families, in our workplaces, in this city. I thank you, Lord, for reviving us when we turn. In Jesus' name I pray.
Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.